Hi everyone, I'm Summer. I'm Carrie. And this is Hopoxia Podcast. Join us to talk about sex, drugs, and self-improvement. I got back from mm, a week. I was I was gone for a week because I had travel for work and then travel to see a friend, so I was gone, right? Um, so I got home on Sunday and my mother handed me a letter from my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> which was surprising and interesting. So I guess we will talk about that. And I want your perspective on this. Deal. I sent it to, yeah, I sent it to a um, clinician who knows her and has never treated her, but has helped give referrals for her over time. So she actually knows you know, all, all the gory details and, and things. And her recommendation was don't, don't respond. She said it's her characterization. Her characterization was, this is obviously entirely manipulative. So, yeah. all right, I will read it to you. Read for the class. <laughs> I'll read, I'll read aloud for the class. Um, it says, Hey, it's, and I will name redacted. Um, whoever is reading this, you can tear it up or do whatever you want with it. Just want to tell you how things are going, even if you're not wondering. I've moved to a lot of places and it's very tiring at most times. I'm sorry if I scared you and made you feel unsafe. That if is doing a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah. I don't really know what happened in the last few years, but I'm trying to make it up to all of you. I don't know how to, but I'll find some way to. Cue ominous music. It's sad just not being around you guys since I lived with y'all most of my life. It's... Sorry. It's, I'm reading off of a photo of, you know, pencil on paper. So there's a glare and I never seen. It's also certainly a big change for the both of us, but it was needed. I'm getting pretty better at managing myself, parenthetically, feelings and thoughts. But I wish y'all could see the good progress I made. I made some really great friends during this journey, and I love them to death. We have, we have our ups and downs, but we are still family. I'm not sure if we are able to write letters to each other, but I still want to know how things are. I'm going to a public school now, and I really enjoy the experience than online school. It's easier for me to get help with my schoolwork since I'm now passing all my classes. That's all I really want to say. It would be nice if anyone can write back to me. I hope all of you are doing okay. Talk to you soon with love. And then signed her name. Um, I don't really know. Like, there's some things in there that are like, like expected right like the letting myself letting herself off the hook i don't really know what happened i'm sorry if i 
made you feel feel unsafe you know the the negating the fact that we literally were unsafe right so like that's like textbook not surprising but there was some things that i don't quite understand like well for one it was mailed to my mother but it says stuff like i lived with you most of my life and this was the best for both of us so i'm wondering if it was written to me and then maybe that's the only address they could find or something because my address is a new box number so it's not yeah in that the was probably the last yet. one because like that was like the one so when everything was happening if you got a new p.o box and that was the only one that they had but they knew Right. Well, she didn't know my parents' address, but I mean, it's, they've lived in the same place for 40 years. So all you have to do is Google their name. Yeah. And she might just know that one. Yeah. And not know yours. Yeah. I don't know. Um, But it did make me think, well, maybe it was written to me because she never lived with them. So, yeah. But then there were also, but then there's also other things like I'm passing all my classes now. She was passing all her classes before. I don't understand. I, I I don't know. So that's why I'm like. I wonder if it went through somebody else's hands before I she mailed it. Like if she thought that they were going to read it. That's what I'm wondering. If this is a narrative that she's spinning on that end and somebody yeah. else. It was suggested to me when I get, get, ran it by that clinician. I don't want to name them because I didn't ask them if I could discuss their involvement on this. <laughs> um be, because and their their speculation was that this letter may have been at the suggestion of a teacher or a school counselor or something if she's you know I would definitely <laughs> say school counselor right if like I don't know getting... miss or I'm confused apparently that's a common practice sometimes if she's in a home now mm-hmm she would definitely qualify for what's called enhanced foster care. What is that? Um, so EFC in the DHS like child welfare system, I don't know what it's called, like if there's other programs like in other states, but it's EFC in Oklahoma. Um, for enhanced foster care, if she's in a like foster home and not a shelter or something, like they have to be in a home, um, they do... Um, they link up with, like, one of our, like, support services that we use. Like, Oklahoma mm-hmm. City has, like, Northcare. Tulsa has someone else. And they'll do, like, um, family counseling once a week, which will just be, like, the kid and, like, the foster family mm-hmm. to learn how to, like, cope with behaviors and how to, like, compromise with each other and do that kind of stuff. And then the kid mm-hmm. would also do individual therapy once or twice a week. And then they would have in-home services to help learn like discipline and organization in the home um do like therapy in the home they'd have like extra visits from their workers like permanency workers foster care workers like anybody like just to put eyes on the kid so if she is doing something like that like if she's in a home which i don't know like i can't go look because that's i would ask you to do that (laughs) (laughs) but like uh so, like, if she wasn't a home and she was doing something like that, I could definitely see, like, that being something, like, one of the therapists, like, would want her to do. Um, I don't know if they would want her to, like, mail it. 
but somebody like write it. it. So. Well, somebody nailed it, and I can say I can say the at the the date on the letter. It was dated on a Friday, and it was um, not mailed out until middle of the next week. So that would lend itself to you know she took it to them, and then they took they mailed it. Um, I also googled the address that it came from, and the public school popped up. Definitely like a school counselor then, probably. Yeah. So I did reach out to the school. Um, and just, you know, because I'm sure they probably don't have all the facts about what happened. And I didn't, I didn't give them all the gory details, but I did let them know, like, um, the reason, you know, I said, I'm here for, if you need any information to help you in, you know, working with her or any of that you're welcome to contact me for that sort of information but her sending letters to any of us right now is highly inappropriate we're just getting started working on our ct our cptsd our alphabet soup uh of trauma so now is not a time the time and i fully believe she is aware of that and the yeah. reason i say that i'm not just <laughs> you know expecting you know too much out of a teenager here during one of her inpatient stays last year there was a time i was not taking her i stopped taking her nightly because I, I think it was every night they were that that facility let them call and um she was using that time to essentially trigger me and harass me <laughs> you know yeah. After, you know, and I was already trying to deal with everything, you know, she had already had attacked me and ha we had uncovered another, a plot, a, a murder plot. Um, so anyways, um, so during that stay, the boundary was, I will talk to you during, you know, we will discuss during family counseling when your therapist is on the phone, because that is what we need to be focus yeah. on, you know not you calling me every night and making demands for me to mail you stuff at the facility that they won't even let you have anyway and then abusing me because i won't do it <laughs> you know like we're not doing that yeah. um so the therapist talked to her about how you know when there are th there are harms that you can't undo and you can't expect people to just forget about them just because i'm not actively trying to assault you at this very moment doesn't mean it undoes what i just did and that contacting yeah. people that you have harmed can cause further harm which i think just sort of <laughs> gave her yeah. tool in her toolbox but um she is aware of that so um that's the thing right like, like i don't want to project onto this that it was definitely malicious but i think she did like, know happens. it wasn't okay <laughs> like all kinds of like in like batters intervention prevention group or batter batter it's a batter intervention prevention inter I don't remember intervention and prevention. <laughs> oh my there gosh, I get there one day. Somewhere. But like in the BIP groups and like um people that work with like diagnosed like narcissists and like all that kind of stuff. Like they talk about how they just go there to learn. <laughs> to like use the therapy speak against people and like make it look like they've 
changed or made progress and like it's really just to be better at what they do right and i noticed she did some of that the i'm you know using the language of amends and i'm going to find a way to make this up to you um even though it's you know very clear that where it's basically i did nothing wrong um, yeah. but I, and I'm sorry you felt that way about it. <laughs> um, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I didn't do it. So. <laughs> maybe you should just not feel that way, and that would fix this problem. Yeah. Um, How dare you I have mean, feelings? And, you know, that's actually the reason the judge offered to terminate my rights on the day that adjudication happened, and the state was because we honestly nobody else in that room knew that was legally possible. Because procedurally, that's just not the way it usually works. We usually set a new hearing and do that later. And she made a good point. She's like, these people need to heal. We need to not be, yeah. You know, if they have to be involved in this process, we're re-victimizing them. And like, I get it. She wasn't wrong. Um, kind of I just similar. hadn't thought that far ahead. I was more focused on like trying to advocate for her. Kind of similar to like in child welfare when we get like shocking and heinous cases like they terminate automatically for the parents doing specific things right so i don't understand why like i understand why like but i don't at the same time like why it couldn't be the same way if a kid is the one that's perpetrating and doing the shocking and heinous things right well, apparently it can be. <laughs> we just have didn't to have know. very well documented. <laughs> right. Like we just didn't know. But yeah, there's nothing in the procedure that says it can't be. It's just not the way it's usually done because you have to file a, a um, you know, because the ADA has to file the petition. And that was, you know, his concern was I haven't written up a petition because I didn't, he didn't think about it either. And she said, well, I'm going to go ahead and do this. And you go back to your office and write one and bring it back to me. And that way it's all happening on the yeah. same day and everything's done. So that's what we did. Um, I do note on the, that we have ups and we have our ups and downs, but we are still family. That's a direct quote, quoting my dad from the last time we had a conversation where he was trying to force me to have relationship with his uh, with my parents other daughter and so that was actually something that me and the kids had discussed at length about no that is not how th this works i am not raising you like that if someone abuses you you are not required to continue um having a relationship with them yeah. and so it was interesting that she employed that phrase word for word i i feel like it's something that a lot of adults especially in like the bible belt areas say a lot um and i'm wondering if it may be like counselor or teacher or somebody may have repeated it and she was like oh yeah <laughs> or if that was just something that she like latched on to and was like I'm gonna use that one day I mean it might have been because he says it a lot and because it's also the a phrase that he used a few times I know he used that a few times in talking to her like mm -hmm. when she stole his credit card or no I'm sorry stole his debit card and then later stole my mother's credit card 
because they found though that happened like a few days apart so they really felt figured it out like at the same time so it all yeah. kind of one big incident um and you know so when he talked to her about that and then that was um when she got really in their face and she wasn't allowed over there without me anymore um but I know, I, I'm pretty sure he used that phrase with her during that conversation too, was like, I love you, we're still family, you know, we have our ups and downs, but we're still family. And then, you know, when she wasn't around and told me she can't be here without you. Because <laughs> that was never said to her, to her or in front of her. Um, yeah. And implemented. Yeah. So. It's so wild, like. Because I remember when I worked at the psych hospital, like, my kids would do that, too. Like, my kids on my unit, like, um, specifically, like, a kid that would call me every name under the sun. And he gave me a concussion, like, kicked me in the head, like, tried to, like, bite me, hit me, spit on me, like, anything you could think of. And then, like, an hour later would write me like a little note when he was half asleep from the meds that he got and was like, Miss Carrie, I'm so sorry. You're my favorite staff. And I just love when you wear, and I'm like, okay, this <laughs> whiplash. And they right. would say like the same kind of things that she wrote in her letter. And I'm just like, I have a hard time like believing it, not just for like, just cause but because nine times out of ten the people that write stuff like that don't ever change like their actions like versus right and that's the thing I've been trying to not discuss this too much with people who don't have experience mm-hmm. be- because with yeah because the first thing they say is oh she's trying to reach out she's trying to have a connection you're her mom. Oh my God. I got a, I got really long message on, on TikTok. And I understand it's full intentioned, but they're like, please don't give up on her. And I'm like, well, I'm not giving up on her. Like I will advocate for her care. Yeah. And, you know, I will help them in any way they need to, to get the information they need or whatever they need. But I can't like, we, it, it's never going to be safe for me to have her here ever not safe for like the other kids not safe for you your family like there's so many other people that you have to like consider and think about like their safety and well-being not just yours and like hers i also did not fail to notice that because the letter kind of meanders um in topic right what Mm. she's talking about which I understand a lot of people are like, well, people just write like that. But I've read her writing and that's not her writing style. Her writing style is very much staying on topic, right? And mm-hmm. and more transition. This, to me, reads like a checklist of the frequently asked questions from TikTok of what people are asking. I think she's watching the videos, which is fine if she wants to. Yeah. I guess it's fine. I mean, I feel a bit cyber stalked, but I also public. So what can I say? You know, (laughs) it also kind of sounds like what 
people ask like when we would do like group therapy with the kids and we would have them write letters to people and we would give like example topics mm-hmm. of like talk about how you're doing in school talk about like how things are going here talk about like your friends and they would only write about like the example topics that we gave them what you suggested go down the yeah. list they wouldn't like freestyle of a letter and write like their thoughts and write like anything extra they would literally only pick (laughs) the example topics we gave them and that it also kind of sounds like that the like it's also kind of similar to like tiktok stuff too where like those are things people ask about anyway just because like it's easy right I don't know. It's weird. The, yeah. the, 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 I'm finally passing my classes now thing is really weird. Yeah. Cause she, she was, was passing before. just fine. She was, her grades were fine. She finished a year and a half last year. She went through all of ninth grade and half of 10th grade in one academic year. And she passed everything. She got like a D I think in geometry. And that was mostly because she went inpatient and didn't get to finish all her work. Yeah. So I, I, that, that was confusing to me. Uh, like you said, I, so if somebody was re, you know, she thought they were going to read it, that may be a narrative that she's trying to spin on that side. I don't really know. Uh, Cause like the only thing I can remember is talking about with like her school was maybe like her just not doing stuff sometimes and like hiding her right we did have that i'd have to make her like catch up yeah catch up so i don't know i don't remember you ever talking about her like not passing anything or like not doing like her well i mean not doing her work but not to where she wouldn't be like passing right no she was doing fine and she was working ahead because she was trying to graduate early Mm-hmm. Um. So, I don't know. And they may have put so her back weird. in grade. And they may have be, going to on-campus school is not the same, especially in, you know, if it, you know, some of the smaller schools in Oklahoma don't necessarily have block classes. She may be repeating classes she's already taken, which would yeah. make it super easy. Yeah. Um, Especially, I wonder if they did any kind of, like, testing to see, like, where she was at. I'm going to guess not. And the reason I say that is because I, um, when I reached out to the school to, you know, ask that that, that this not be done, if, if it was encouraged by a member of the staff, I, I didn't know who to send it to. So I copied it to all of the school psychologists that were listed on the website. And I did get a response that said, none of the three of us know the student, but we forwarded it to the appropriate staff. And they usually, it, one of them would have been, had to be involved if they did like testing and placement testing and all of that in most schools though. So I don't think there was testing mm-hmm. that happened. I bet they probably did just stick her in like whatever grade she was like in last year or what she should have been in this year and their classes just like yeah because she she was one semester she was through one semester of 10th grade yeah I bet they I bet she's repeating classes and I bet she's probably making better grades in them since she's already done that (laughs) 
Yeah. So I don't know. They, um, and they may, so weird. she may have, I don't know. She may have got, I don't know how many times she moved or where she moved. She's been out of here since May. Well, I guess they've only been in school for, they haven't even finished a semester yet. Mm-mm. She's yeah. only here since May. And this... so I know they, she was still in a shelter at the beginning of June. So she probably went to her first placement in June. So June, July, August, September, October, four months is all. Which was the interesting thing about the, I've moved lots of places and I've made really great friends. And like, you haven't been anywhere long enough. There's no way you knew people long enough to be really great friends at this point. But that's the thing, the way that she conceptualized relationships, you know, because that shallow attachment is the pinnacle for her. Like, that's it. Yeah. Like she'd actually, because we actually had conversations about this. like I have say, I have a friend who's been my friend since fifth grade. She's like, she's, you know, like family and she knows everything about me. Like, you know, <laughs> she probably doesn't actually need my response to anything. She just knows what I'm going to say. Anyway, <laughs> right? And then say, I have a friend that I met three weeks ago and we've, you know, spent two hours together in person. And so everything's, you know nice and friendly she sees those as the same thing because there's a, there's no negativity yeah. we're not fighting so we're great friends because there's no depth because she doesn't have attachment right so she yeah. doesn't that concept of depth of attachment is lost on her it sounds kind of like uh, when you're in like elementary school like real young like first or second grade and you're like I met this kid at basketball and we're best friends now and then at launch you guys are no longer best friends because they ate your cookie yes mortal enemies yes that's what it sounds like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I, you know like I met this this person at the club last night and we had so much so 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 much fun and now they're my best friend and they're gonna stay here for three days and then I'm never gonna speak to them again and I'll forget their name in two weeks you know yeah. like some people huh? I know I know <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm describing an actual scenario scenario oh, that you, happens <laughs> yes you very much are <laughs> yeah that's it, it's exactly like that that's, that's what it looks like <laughs> yeah oh yeah that right which is funny which is you know always catches people off guard who do have you know yeah because like and connection and things because it's a foreign concept to us because we're on the very other end of that spectrum and so it's like what yeah i like even like i'm like personally i'm the kind of friend where like i don't have to talk to you all the time for us to still be like really good friends because like i can just pick up with you wherever i left off but even still like i can't imagine having like short friendships like that and treating them the same way that I would treat one of my best friends that I've known since we were like three years, like two or three years old. Like, and we're still best friends, like pretty much. So it's like, I can't conceptualize that. Right. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I wonder like if like she's actually like, made like good acquaintances or if she's maybe like exaggerating possibly I don't know 
either one either way is like there's a pattern of both of those things yeah so it really could go either way or a combination thereof I don't know I hope one day she makes like an actual like friend maybe but I feel like with the way like not just like her but people that have like similar tendencies just like treat people like it's so hard for people to like want to be friends with them like yeah, genuinely so. friends right so they ha- end up with a cycle of yeah codependent people who, yeah, <laughs> who, like... who hang on until they've had enough and then they let go and they find another one it could be like the, the person that I know and just cycle through friends because they have coke so you know (laughs) well we love them well despite (laughs) despite our common sense saying not to I love them but that doesn't mean I gotta like them all the time no it doesn't and it also doesn't mean that you can't and shouldn't have boundaries still need those boundaries Yes, always, always practicing that. Always the boundaries. So yes, so I think my boundary on this one is not responding. I agree. And because she is still a kid, if she was an adult, then I might respond, you know, and just be really direct. Like, no, don't. mm. Yeah. I I did have somebody suggest I could send something back that said, fuck off. But I thought that was a bit harsh for a 15 year old. Um, If you were a 15-year-old, it wouldn't be harsh, but I think coming from, like, a mother. Yeah, yeah. that doesn't seem very nice, and I wouldn't do that. Um, I can't imagine you doing that to anybody that you love. I can't imagine. (laughs) Like, not seriously, and not somebody that hasn't pissed you the fuck off. (laughs) Okay, so here's a confession. I know I, I come off as, like, a really strong, direct person, Yeah, but I... I even people who've been horrible to me and have pissed me off or have said, you know, said and done really awful things to me, I still lack the ability to just be like, fuck off and be like mean when at the end. And I don't know why I want to get over that. I want to be the person who smashes the vehicle with the baseball bat. Um, But I'm just not that person and I never have been able to be. So I am more likely I'm the ghosting person. I, you know, set the boundary. When you violate the boundary, I probably set it again because I still am not where I can be like, you know. Third time's the charm. Right? I still give too many extra chances. But then when I'm done, I block your number and we're we're done. Um, I think it's because you have too much empathy and you don't want to treat people like that. It but is. sometimes you have to. I know. And I, and I, there are times, and I think about it sometimes, like, t- think back, and like, there are times when I should have and I didn't. And I hope in the future that I can be better about that. That's one thing I'm working on. My self improvement um, is to be more firm like that. Um, I'm getting better. I, I, I mean, lucky me because I collect um, people like, this um <laughs> apparently and i realized the other day okay no god i should not say this because sometimes my parents watch these please don't watch this 
you're my parents this is my boundary <laughs> just stop right um, here parents let's get right? forward like a minute I love you but my mother does have some attachment issues um and she does have diminished empathy and it took me a long time to realize that and by diminished I'm not sure she has any at all but um she's she can project like she okay she has what is it called cognitive empathy right where she can project what you know like logically what someone might feel from this but like the emotional empathy is not there um so so that's why she does a lot of things that are hurtful and she doesn't have a clue that they're hurtful um <laughs> you know and so i realized that i grew up with that so i have a much higher tolerance for that bullshit than the average person or that i ever realized i am far too comfortable letting people push my boundaries and not even being aware that they're doing it until yeah. they're like way over and i'm like wait wait how did we get here no 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 right when i should have started way back here <laughs> but i wasn't cognizant of it because my what was normalized for me mm -hmm is that lack of boundaries and so that because of that i have collected people over the years that um that also behave that way and i happen to have a child with one of them and so i'm getting better at um being firm and direct with him yeah. um so i guess i get to practice with him sometimes um and, it, and it's good because it's a space where he has a partner um, that he's been with for, I don't know, a few years. I don't know. It's been a minute now, um, which is not something that had ever happened before, um, but Kefa in his life. And <laughs> so, you know, he gets most of his, like, you know, supply, you know, he's got a steady supply over there. So he's, you know, so when I tell him to fuck off, he will just, you know hang up and not talk to me and he'll go fuck off <laughs> right right so i'm like okay so it's building my ability to be able to do that i yeah. think um so hopefully i'll get better at doing that takes practice i also can't do it so i don't know why i'm saying it just takes practice you can do i can't do it i'm a liar i'm a hypocrite i can't do it either <laughs> like we know we know what needs to happen but that's part of what you know what we're doing here is we're being honest like i know exactly what needs to happen easy. and i will tell other people to do it and i will support you and encourage you and be your cheerleader but then if i try to do it that's too mean and i can't do it i i don't want to be mean to them <laughs> i know but you can be mean to them just not me so what is it that makes us trauma <laughs> yes yes like it's the fawning response right yeah That's the fawning response it's like so anytime, how any over that like what... i don't know where I'm... is that at so i can dig it out and cut it off what is that for real like i i've been trying to like figure that out because like some of the traumatic experience I've, experiences that i've experienced were like in the last like i don't know like decade of my life have been because of the fawning response Same. where like i don't want to like disrupt and make it worse i don't want to be like the bitch one you know so i just let shit happen um 
podcast. And I don't know how to stop that. Therapy, maybe. <laughs> don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel. And to be sure you never miss an upload, make sure you turn your notifications on. And please come join us on social media so we can continue these conversations in between episodes. You'll find us at Hapoxia Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok.